<laughs> we have Bruce live in the locker room and Tallahassee celebrating on the field with the Fleurs. <laughs> And, and I don't know why, but like, we were able to run the ball so well in the first half, to, especially to the left side, and then all of a sudden we started to abandon it. And like I said, it, there is some inconsistency. How are they going to approach this game? How are they going to beat this Florida State team? Well, we're going to break you guys. Um, and, and okay, I, that's it. The show is over. In, 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 in the story, we're going to break you guys. Look, and, and I, I'm joking, but it's Lord, the climb, the climb continues, KB. Oh my okay. God! I am sweating. I am... Look, look at my heart. Look, I, I, look, I, look, look, look. You know what? Yeah, I, I have so much to say. All right, and welcome back, everyone, to Sentinel Sideline 365. We are on a cold Monday here where I live in Northern Virginia, or up in D.C., I should say. Um, it's cold Monday. I hope it's warmer where you guys are. Uh, but we're here. It's Monday uh, Monday on a, uh, after a win, so you can't complain about that. Uh, 38-20 was the final. Florida State takes down Duke. We're here to talk about that, celebrate that, and to uh, give our breakdown of that and, and cover anything else that's recent, relevant in the college football world. Here, as always, I'm here with the old man. How's it going? How's it going, old man? I want to show you how it's going, KB. Let me show you how it's going. Watch down. See this crack in the wall here? Can you see the crack, the dark crack? That's a crack? That I am tunneling out of this cave <laughs> I've been in for the last several days. And come tomorrow, tonight, I'm going to sneak through that crack. It's thin, but I can wedge through there because I stay in shape, okay? Did my two miles on the tread. I'll be through that crack, and I will be back to my regular studio here starting Thursday. All right, so he'll be back in the studio for the Wake Forest game, it sounds like. Right after I get my crown uh, thing I'm having done in the back, you know, you have to have a crew. I had a root canal, had a crown. If you don't have good, and I don't have that good a dental, man, they, well, never mind. Let, let's move on, okay? I think everybody. Let's move on. People don't want to come here to be depressed, so. All right, so we're here, like I said, to talk about the big win this past Saturday night. In prime time, 38-20, Florida State takes, uh, uh, you know, gets a big prime time win against a, a very, uh, I would say, after watching that game, you know, pretty good Duke team. Uh, and well, we I think, said that, didn't we? we yeah, we no, I, I, we said this could not be a game that Florida State overlooked and had to bring their A game. And I think uh, once again, you were down going into the fourth quarter, and uh, then you, then it clicked. Then you clicked on like it seemed like Florida State has for most of the year. Um, you've really been uh, a second-half team, and especially in the fourth quarter. Florida State has found a way to really turn it on, and you did. You scored 21 on unanswered points, and you made it – you covered the spread. You made the blowout, and you showed what you really – your full potential is once once it clicks. And imagine if you made that click for four quarters or even three quarters, you know, what this team could really, really do. But uh, we'll dive deeper into that. First, before we get started into that, I want to see – do you have any, you know, well, one thing I want to cover, uh, because this broke on Monday, and, you know, I don't like to cover this cover this stuff this early in the year, but we are starting to get towards December, so it's starting to get a little bit more and more relevant uh, to to what we talk about, um, is that uh, Florida State did, did get a big commit uh, as of, I think it was Monday, or, or maybe it was Sunday, or it was right after the Florida State game, I think uh, the discussions happened, and then it came out Sunday night, Monday, into Monday. Uh, they flipped Miami's. I think they're Miami's top recruit for 2025. Uh, Armando, I want to make sure I pronounce this great. Armando Blount. Blunt. Uh, Blunt. 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 Like Blunt. Uh, oh yeah, right. Blunt's yeah. down yeah. in Florida. Florida. Yeah, Blunt. Blunt. Uh, and he goes. He's he's based 10 miles away from campus in Miami. Uh, five star, top 10 player in the country, high school wise rated. Um, he was class of 2025, but he does say, I mean, this is a guy that has a 4.7 GPA uh, and is is actively looking. He said he's going to be reclassifying for the 2024 class. Yeah. So this is, that is, you know, I don't like, you know, when the guy's in 2025, 2026, like a lot can happen. 
But this is a guy that will be immediately on the radar because if he's coming now, all you have to do is lock him up in December, right? In early signing period. This guy could that could be on campus as soon as January if things work out the right way, if you do, in fact, get his commitment. I mean, he, but he is someone that made his commitment to Miami in September and now has already flipped back over to Florida State uh, come October. So once again, these things are fluid. These kids have a lot to think about when it comes to, especially if this kid, this kid's got, I, I you know, over 25, 30 plus offers. He's a primetime kid. Um, and especially with reclassifying, that makes him even a more prized commodity. Uh, but like he said, he said, you know, he pointed out, and I think in this announcement that, you know, he believed that this staff could develop him into the player that in person he wanted to be. He called out coach Odell Haggins uh, as the person that he thought has developed a lot of D linemen and, and he's, and he's seen him build them up. And I think it's helped that you've had guys like Jermaine Johnson, Jared verse, you see Patrick Payton developing you. Now you are trying to since Norvell came in and since, you know, it's, I don't know if it's rejuvenated Odell's kind of, passion for the game or what he can do but you've you've seen the defensive line be developed or, or players play to a level that you you didn't see under willie taggart in the end years uh, of jimbo fisher and now it's starting to sell better that position is starting to sell itself like it did in the old days and that that shows up to kids and you know florida state hasn't signed a five-star defensive end since 2017 uh when you're talking about josh kane doe and then marvin wilson so if they can in fact sign this kid and keep his signature till on descent in December, if he does early signing period, this would be a huge get for, for Mike Norvell and staff and what's shaping up to be a potential top five class. Any thoughts on it? I think you pretty well summarized it KB. I mean, this is a big get. I mean, this is worth talking about. Like you say, we don't follow these guys that are too early, but this is a big get. On three ratings, on three ratings has him as the number two defensive tackle in the 2025 class. Now he yeah. says he's going to reclassify to 2024. I don't know what the hell that means. I assume it means he's going to get enough classes to graduate high school. You know, you yeah. have to graduate high school. So I guess that's he's going to take on extra credits or something. I don't know. But this is a big get. He's a number two defensive tackle. That means. He's damn good. Okay. He's been damn good at the high school level. He's number four overall player for 2025 right now. Okay. In the country, that's how on three has him just on three and number one player in the state of Florida. So he is definitely somebody that can help your football team. Okay. And uh, so I think it's a big get for him and uh, hopefully he'll stay committed to Florida state. But you know we're in an era when NIL money can you know can make a can make a difference, right? Now this kid has flipped once now from Miami to Florida State. You know, at some point you have to say, how many times is a guy going to flip out there? And you start yeah. to wonder about them. I think Ormondo Blunt is committed to Florida State, and uh, uh, I think he has a real good future in his program if he stays committed. So that's yeah. it. Nope. I think you said, uh, again, great. And I think, once again, I, I think there were some concerns about who was going to fill out uh, once these guys start to leave, once you lose a guy like Fabian Lovett, you lose a guy in the interior like Fisk, and you're filling in a lot yeah. of answers, but what's coming in the back end? What, who right. are the players you're going to get to right. build this defensive line organically outside right. of the portal? And I think this is one of those building blocks. A hot, you know, five-star guys you expect – to be able to, to contribute, contribute early, contribute. not late, contribute. right? And you know, right. when you're getting three stars and, and low four stars, you Mike Norvell knew it would take time to get those guys and get that. But once you're getting guys like Armando, like Nicholson, uh, Hussey, those guys are starting to contribute early. You know, are playing early and often, and they're getting reps. You know, that are going to contribute to them starting a lot more next season. And that's what you're starting to see: finding guys that contribute in year one. Versus what you couldn't do two or three years ago when you were getting three stars who are taking three years to develop into potential players or nothing at all. So I think this is, like you said, a big hit, a guy that you would expect to contribute in, in his first two years at Florida State. I think, I, I think uh, o- Odell Higgins can also sell him uh, on the aspect that uh, we're going to be losing a lot of guys up front. 
Uh, we do have experience coming back, but you can contribute to that rotation. And he probably sold them that we yes, rotate yep. a lot of interior guys. So the burden won't be on you. You'll have a chance to go out there and just unleash it and learn as you go. You know, and I and I believe Florida State will reach into the portal as well for some experienced interior linemen. Yeah, and that's a great point. I think, you know, us as fans may get frustrated because this guy's not on the field or that guy's not on the field. But I think it's a selling point in terms of reps and, and, and management and also preventing injuries, like getting the right, you know, not gassing a guy out for, for you know, getting him 60 reps or 70 reps and, and making sure you go, you have quality depth and you can send a guy out there for situational or packages and stuff like that. It is a good selling point because, like you said, you're preventing them from getting you know, over-repping them or to, you know, you're preserving their body if they do actually want to play at the next level. If they can showcase themselves and select packages or select reps and dominate, then why, you know, they it's an advantage to them not to put their body on the line too many times at the college level. If they really see themselves exactly. going to the next level. So, exactly. Um, I, and, I and you know, and, and I wonder, help me out. I've had a senior moment. Who's the guy that's the medical red shirt and he's coming in from Miami? Daryl Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wonder if Daryl Jackson had any impact on this kid. He's from Miami too, Daryl Jackson. Yeah. Was there an impact there? Did Daryl Jackson call down to him and say, listen, let me tell you what this program's about. I'm going to be playing too. I can help you along. We're from, you know, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Yeah, that, I mean, so. that's true. And then from a recruiting territory standpoint, for you to be able to go into Miami's backyard and take a player from them. Well, two players now. Yeah. You know, yeah, of, exactly. Exactly. Even well, though Daryl was... Jackson is a medical situation, I'm just saying. Well, know, it, so. I meant I meant high school wise. So right. I should high go school. into their high school. Uh, yeah. high school in the city and take it from Miami. That that's a huge right. as well. So exactly. uh, good good for the staff. Exactly. So anything else, uh, you know, trending, latest news-wise you want to get into before you uh, talk about no, the game? No, I, I think we're good. I mean, Florida State's still in the top 25. We're at number four. That's probably about right, you know. Yeah. We're, we've got to hang on to that four spot, and I think we'll talk about that more as we get into the post-game review here of yeah. Duke, you know, right. as we get more yeah. into the specifics here. All right, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, Duke right. and, and what you saw, and, and we can rate Florida State's performance as we go through. Um, but what were your, what are your initial thoughts as you're watching it, you know, going through it first quarter, second quarter, you know, it was tight. Like, I think the thing that I, it didn't resonate with me when I, you know, cause it, it felt like a whirlwind and it felt like a game of many different phases to it. Um, but I didn't, you know, you didn't, you don't remember that we were trailing in the fourth quarter, like because you, you, you don't remember that because you ended up winning the game by 18 points and, and that erases that. But you know, this is a game we were trailing at home in the fourth quarter. Um, but like I said, Florida State clicked on like they have been all season and they just blew the doors off of Duke, who was you could tell they were tired. That defensive, that dominant defense by them was just wearing thin. And they and, and Florida State was able to lean on their running game a bit. Jordan Travis started to use his legs, and they were able just to kind of score at will towards the end of the game. But what, what were your like thoughts, your general thoughts on, on how the game played out? Uh, I've got a I've got a whole yeah. sheet of notes here, so I'll try to rattle through some yeah. of these now, and you can interrupt and yeah. question me as you need to. Well, first of all, Florida State wins uh, by 18 points. They beat the spread, which which I think is uh, is really a good thing. I think they needed to do that because one of the questions I was going to throw out to you for a little debate at some point was we beat to spread, but were we dominant enough? Yes. Because we have to say that the committee now, week nine, I think that was week nine, is going to start flowing in here, and there's no doubt people are already chattering out there. It's about dominance because the top four teams in the country should be dominant OK, because that's who you're looking for in the playoffs. There's only four spots. The question is, were, were we dominant? Yes. I'm not. Yes. You say yes. Statistically, you were dominant in every okay. category. OK. But visually, uh, you know, observing <laughs> and watching the game, I think the game was a little bit closer than maybe the statistics will always point out. I think we won handily. But I'm not sure I can say we dominated, okay? Because as you said, KB, we didn't take over the game till the fourth quarter, okay? To me, dominance is in every quarter. 
We trailed at halftime 20 to 17. There was no scoring in the third quarter by either team. And then Florida State came alive in the fourth quarter and got 21 points in front of our what was fantastic, almost 80,000 people there at the dope. So my first question for any of our listeners or viewers and yourself is, were we dominant? And then I have additional information. So what do you think? Were we dominant now? I mean, statistically, yes, you're, you're dominant in every category. You can see that on the screen here. You know, first down wise, you had almost, you know, nine more than uh, Duke. Third down efficiency, you, Duke was 30%, 33%. You were over 50%. Uh, you know, but if you're, trailing, wise, if you're trailing for three quarters, how can but we once again, say we were dominant? Because that's a lot of that's on coaching. The fourth down play calling was atrocious. I, I think, you know, you gave Duke more points than they probably should have deserved. Well, you know, you, you, what you, part, you, you call that, you go for that's part of being down. dominance, though. That's no, it's not. That's of, not. That's coaching. The players don't control that. The players well, can't control if you're going for it on fourth down on your own 25 yard line or whatever it was. That was horrible coaching. Okay. The analytics it's, wouldn't tell you to do that. I don't think. Well, I, you know, I, you know, some of this, because look at the total yards, 273 to 420. That's dominant. You kept that Duke team under 300 yards in the game. They only passed for 76 yards the entire game. I, I, you know, I, I don't see anything here that would take you. A lot of the penalties were, were you were putting yourselves in tough situations. You were third and 11, second and 20s. Sure, you know, we only had 50 stuff yards. That you could right? clean well, up. we had eight penalties for 50 yards. I mean, That's what we had I'm seven, seven penalties for 53 yards. Okay. Okay. I don't want to belabor that point. We're a little bit on different planets on that one. Uh, and I hope you're right that it was dominant. It does come back to bite us because Duke was a quality team. You've said it. I was preaching that all week. They were number 16 in the country, number 20 in another poll, whatever. Doesn't matter. The Seminoles win the game and, and we'll take the win and we beat the spread. That's pretty good. Now, the question is, is Duke was Duke the best team we're going to see the rest of the way? You know, I, I believe in a way it is. And in a way, you got two state rival games coming. And I don't care what you say about state rivals. Those are tough ball games. It's going to be very interesting to see what the spread is on those. Okay. Grill Master says, I'd say we were dominant. Okay. He agrees with uh, KB. They broke out some big runs on should have been holding. Oh, here we go. Okay. We'll get into this. Put up by far more points. Growing up, they held teams on average 10 points. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's roll, you know, let's roll into his other point. That should have been a holding call or whatever. I, I was going to say this to later, but I'm going to air it out a little bit now. We're still seeing a lot of FSU fan interaction fueled by, fueled by specific Maybe one, uh, certainly one, maybe a couple of FSU media people that have shows on YouTube and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now, one of them in particular that I scan all the information I can get my hands on because I don't have credentials to go into the uh, press brief, blah, blah, blah. One of them, it's like, what is it? Uh, his, his name is uh, No Potatoes, Double Cabbage, or Double Cabbage, No Potatoes. That's the name of his show, or something like that. No prize, <laughs> slot, whatever it is. I have no Okay, okay. it doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> Here's the deal. Here's the deal. This guy had an entire show episode uh, with... Uh, for some reason, he got a lot of clicks on it. And I have to challenge that. I think he is a click master. He does everything to get clicks, to get views. Okay. And he 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 had a whole thing about, and, he, and I'm quoting this, the referees are out to get Florida State because of some reason. And he said, perhaps because Florida State wants to leave the ACC. He is making assertions, and he broke down a few cherry-picked plays. And he, didn't, he didn't bring up anything about Duke, uh, maybe Duke's complaints about the game. It was He had six or seven. Look at this holding. Maybe this guy pushed a little too much. Uh, they held Gerald Burris. That is football, Mr. Media out there. And this guy, I have to question if he understands 
Every call is not going to be made. Every call is not going to be seen. And as a fan, you know, you're going to get upset. But for us to continue to blame or say that things should have gone differently because of referees, and you and I even exchanged a couple of things, but that's the way it works. And I'm almost tired of these people who drive certain sub and followers that they what what he's doing he's just embracing what these people want to hear in my opinion okay and and it's almost like anything that happens to florida state now will be because of the referees whether they win or lose i can't imagine if we lose a game what the hell is going to come out on the channel yeah uh, you know, I don't that's, know if you agree or not. I'm just I mean, that's the thing. I, I think there was three or four games this weekend that, you know, teams lost due to controversial calls. There was the fake fair, there was the fair catch call that wasn't a fair catch. But that fan, you know, that that team, that fan base lost because of that, because uh, he put his arm out and the rest thought it was a fair catch and he runs it back for a touchdown. Then there is another play, you know, there was two or three, the Washington game where the guy, you know, was the pass interference, was not pass interference. You could look across college football and you, all, everyone could have these complaints. There's no, and you could say, everyone says the ACC has the worst refs. Yes. I do think there was bad calls in that game, but, but if you were to case, analyze it from the other side, you'd probably say the same thing. But in and, this case, no potatoes, double cabbage I is, don't care. is, is I don't saying care. is saying basically that the refs are cheating intentionally against and, and Florida that's State. That's if, what he said. If anybody, I don't. I, if anybody is saying that, they're just trying to get clicks. And, and, and anybody that, can, yeah. I and you can go out, and anybody out there can go out and see it. You, you'll find it out there. He's got a thumbnail. The I, referees, I don't know who ACC you're talking refs, about. But okay. at the, at, but if someone is literally saying that ACC cheat, uh, refs are trying to cheat Florida State for the games, that that's is what ridiculous. He's, that's that what is he's ridiculous. Saying. And he's cherry picked some plays to pacify those individuals who hug and kiss on those things because I, there's, I, there's it's, literally it's because you can see the same level of missed calls, bad calls, whatever you want to call it across college football every single single weekend. It's not isolated to Florida State. It's not isolated to the ACC. Is across human. It's across footballs because there's human interact. It's human yeah. intervention on the game of football. You know, if we don't want, if we don't want this to happen anymore, just put robots. Just have it all be robots. But you know, that is football. We embrace football because there is these mistakes. There are these types of things, and it's not just isolate the ACC, not to FSU. It's across but, the right. game. Of but to claim, to claim that ACC officials are out to get Florida State, and he named one of the officials. Oh, when I saw this guy's name as the head referee, I knew we were screwed. Okay. That's what he yeah. said. Oh, okay, it's... And that's outrageous to make such a claim. Now, here's the point. I don't hear Mike Novell screaming about referees in the in the postgame. I watched the postgame presser. He didn't say a word about him. I'd love to know that Mike Novell, how many uh, complaints has he sent in about referees? I'll bet you it's zero. Yeah. I bet you zero. But we've got these part-time guys trying to pay their damn mortgages off of YouTube, right. I, trying I, to I, stir I, up fan bases that anything bad that happens to Florida State, it's it's not their fault. It's always about the referee. It's outrageous, and it should stop. But, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think we can drop that. But like you said, you know, it, it, there is no conspiracy. And we should, Florida State showed that even with, like you said, "Quote unquote," bad calls, good calls, whatever, going against them, they still have the capacity to win a game. Those those calls are are not going to affect the outcome. And you know what? If you're a dominant team, KB, if you're a dominant team, you don't allow the referees to take a game away from you. You come through those things. You know, they're yeah. you know holding goes on. We've heard that in football. If you've been around, then you know what? You got to beat those guys at that. You don't get well. We didn't. We didn't cover. We didn't. We didn't squash in on the ends and turn it back in because the guy was holding me. Get out there and do something about it if you're a dominant team. Yeah. That's uh, it. And I and I and I do think they did that in the second half. I, I think they stopped worrying about what was Absolutely. happening around them and the offense kicked on because Absolutely. once again the offense wasn't being held. The offense just had to play ball and, and start scoring the damn football, and they did that in the second half. And the defense did their job. I mean, given all the holds and stuff like that, people want to say you know the defense only gave stop. The defense only gave up 13 points. One of them was a pick six. So they gave up 13 points of the 20. Jordan Travis gave away seven. So the defense played a great game across the board, regardless of holds and, or, you know, whatever you want to call it. They played a great game regardless and only gave up 13 uh, offensive points to Duke, uh, which is commendable in that against a top 20 team. 
so I, I'm not hating him on that. And I think that the team did a great job and Fuller and co did an awesome job. Patrick Payton showed up great. The linebackers, I think did a solid job. And uh, my guy Green. Fabian Lovett, who I've been writing all season actually had what I think was his best game of the season. Yeah. Okay. And Love I think right he, hopefully he has hit the next level and he can really put it on the tape the rest yeah. of the way. Yeah. And to that point, yeah, we were saying that Florida State in the second half, they've been the second half team all year and they really turned it on for some reason. And I think we're seeing the opposite trend too, is that Florida State seemingly starts a little bit slower, especially on the offense. I think the defense for the past three, four games, I mean, you know, you know I think most of the season outside maybe some of the BC game, they've looked pretty solid. The defense has looked they, – they haven't fall, you know, they've been very solid. They, they bend some, but they never fully break, and they give this offense a chance to figure it out. And I don't know why Florida State starts so slow on the offense. Um, you know, you could say, well, 17 points isn't slow in the second half, but I, I guess a team that's only averaging, you know, giving up 10 points per game, that's true. Um, but I think there's just sometimes in the offense just quickly stalls, a quick three and out. And some of that is – some of its self-imposed penalties where you're back five or 10 yards, you're making it hard on yourself. I mean, there was a sequence here where you put yourself in a, I think it was a second and a second and 20 or third and 20 um, where you, you're lucky that you're, you were able to be bailed out. Uh, it was this play. You're, you're third and 11. And you're lucky to be bailed out by Johnny Wilson here on the third and 11. Florida State does not make this easy on themselves a lot of the times, especially in the first half, what they're constantly in third and 11, second and 20. Well, we talked about that in the pregame uh, review of this game, you know. And it's and it's something that, you know, that has to be cleaned up because I don't know. You know, I, I think that eventually this slow starting offense is going it, it's going to come back to bite them. It may not be, you know, it may not be next week. It may not be the week after, but I feel like. At some point, the offense has to start fast. They have to put it together fully. And that's I think that's the potential of this Florida State team is that putting together when the defense is putting together. Defense, like I said, ha has been pretty solid all year. And they play pretty pretty much the same way the, the entire game. And to the point of they don't give up – they haven't given up a touchdown since the Clemson game in the second half, you know, since that game. But I think the offense, if they can start hot and stay hot the entire game, that's when we'll start to see what Florida State can really be about. Because we have not seen it yet, but I mean, they still put up thirty-eight points, and that I mean, that's still impressive. They put up twenty-one. Well, points. they can't. Yeah, they they, that, they, that's, they can be get hot so quickly, which is what teams should be scared of. This team can go from zero to one hundred quicker than I think most teams can because of the weapons that they have, especially when Jordan Travis is willing to use his legs in the offense, and that's the thing we haven't seen this year with Jordan Travis. The design run, his ability to use his speed and what makes him special. What makes Jordan Travis special is not his arm. Let, let's just be clear. He has a good arm, but not an elite arm. He does not have, you know, this first round talent of an arm. What makes him special is his ability to both run and pass the ball. To make a play. Be elusive, to make a play. Make a play. Make a like play. you said, he's a playmaker. There's nothing wrong with that. He, he doesn't have the Tom Brady arm, and not many people do. But he has the ability to make plays when things break down, and we had been missing that. We had been missing that from him, and I think he showed that, especially in the fourth quarter. Well, I, yeah, I'm not so much uh, – and I agree with just about everything you said. Uh, I, I think the slow start to me was my problem with dominance in this game. I think we're going to have we're going to have an opportunity here the next couple of weeks. Okay, the next couple of weeks against Wake, against Pitt, who aren't very good football teams. Okay, yeah. we're going to have an opportunity to dominate four quarters of football, and failure, failure to dominate in those games, even if you win them, but you fail to beat the spread or you don't even beat the spread by more, could come back to haunt you. I'm on the, I'm in the canoe, I'm in the canoe, and this came up. Oh, I meant to have that, that's the thing, what, that ESPN thing that came up, you know, the controversy, because we shared that uh, uh, when uh, across lines, I was texting you and mm -hmm. said something about that. The one that came up and said, if these teams win out, who's the least one to get a playoff spot? And yeah. it came, the ESPN thing said Florida State at 43%, meaning that there are non-believers out there, and some of those non-believers are going to be in the room. So if yeah. you squeak by Wake Forest 
And as you squeak by or a mediocre performance sloppiness against a Pittsburgh and still win, I think we have problems. I'm not sure you agree with that. You think winning out is good enough. I'm not sure about that, even if you win the ACC. So given that, Florida State has two weeks to really show dominance on both sides of the ball. And Coach Norvell in his postgame presser, he gave a lot of credit not only to his own team, but to the Duke team. And I do believe this was a very solid Duke team. They're well coached by Mike Elko, who also gave really good uh, uh, messages about Florida State and the team they faced. However, however, Duke, as soon as Riley Leonard, who wasn't at 100% anyways, he wasn't looking that good when he was in there. I, yeah. When He couldn't really run. And then when he went down, the game was over. Okay, the game was over before he went out of the game. The game was over before he went out of the game, in my opinion. But uh, in all of that, uh, Duke's coach, Elko, didn't make any excuses. He said we had a sh- basically a crappy fourth quarter, basically a <coughs> second half. We couldn't get anything going with the ball, and their numbers show that. I mean, yeah, their numbers yeah. clearly indicate that. So, <coughs> excuse me. But our run game wasn't as solid as I would hope it would be. Now, we had 152 yards <coughs> on 32 carries, but uh, our guys are Bell, Kyles, Benz, uh, Benson only had 26 yards. Hill had 30 yards. Most of the yards were on Travis's legs. So that was a little concerning to me, even though I loved what I saw, especially in the second half with our O-line. After the first quarter, I think they really started showing their footing. And I'm going to give a shout out to a guy, uh, uh, Keandre Jones. I think this guy's starting to step up and when, and could be a very elite lineman on this Florida State team. I, he looked very good to me. And, of course, another shout out to on the defensive side, uh, Fabian Lovett. Uh, I, I'm a little concerned about that rush game. We'll see how it picks up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, I, I still got to, I still have to disagree with you. Like Florida State didn't squeak by. They won by 18 points. This this isn't a squeak by game. And, uh, you know, this is a dom, this was a dominant performance. You don't win by 38 against a team that's only giving up 10 points per game, you know, and put up 30, hang 38 on, on them and not call it dominant performance. <laughs> They were scoring at will in the fourth quarter, at will. If this, if they, they, if they wanted to score again at the end of the game, they would have scored again. That Duke could not no, hang with them. I, I think the Duke the was worn out. Let's yeah, face and that's it. why Florida State's a better team, a Duke much better not, team than that. Duke is not loaded with four and five star guys. It doesn't matter. They, it do, I, and, yeah, no, and they're I, a much better I, team. I, I, and that's why it. Florida State blew them out. No, I get it. I more. get it. And they don't have any depth. So once their guys start getting worn down, okay, we had some I, long possessions there. It just it, it took a lot yeah, out of that's them. That's why they so blew them out. I'm but not Duke, making excuses for them. I think they're a good a football game. team. That's a dominant no. performance. Okay. Okay. Well, in the long run, we'll see. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, we haven't seen, and I think, We're like you said, they still have to show up every weekend and do it. But I, I, I think you know, that I, you can't call this a grill master. It's not. It's not going to be obviously, in my opinion, it's going to be in the opinion of whoever's in that room, the committee. Is it Condoleezza Rice? She's still on there. I don't know what the hell she knows about football, but somebody's going to be feeding her information. You know, I don't think she's a person that sits down. Maybe she does. Maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe she does sit down and watch football. Maybe that's why she's in there. But uh, Johnny needs to sit out these next two games fully recovered from his injury because we should be able to win with that. Well, clearly, I agree with uh, Mushing. I, I would agree Mush, with Mushing? I would agree with that. Mushing, I, agree I agree with you. I don't think Johnny wants to sit out. He, maybe he could sit down for the next game and go week, and go day by day, see how that see how that works. Uh, we we shouldn't need him to win games no. uh, these next two games. Would I rather have a full healthy Johnny Wilson for Miami and Florida? Yes, Absolutely, 100%. because these state games are going to be probably two really tough games. If you need Johnny Wilson to beat Wake Forest and Pitt, then you've got bigger issues. You got bigger, uh, issues. and you showed that you didn't need him. And I say didn't need him, but I, I you didn't need him starting to beat Syracuse by 38 points, right? Keon Coleman and 
everyone else you have on the bench, Kentron, Dews, if Destin's, I know Destin wasn't playing, but if Destin comes back, this is why you have the depth that you have so that Johnny doesn't feel like I have to play on an injured, you know, injured. And I think it's a great point. Let him well, Johnny sit. wants to show out, though. I mean, if Johnny Johnny wants to make sure he's Johnny made some great plays on Saturday. I, I, he's no, showing I did. What he did. Johnny's I not going to put up two hundred yards a game. No, he's but not. he also wants to show if I'm if I can play, I'm going to play because the pros want to see that. They they want to see if you can do it. But, but I they don't want to see him getting hurt listen, every game listen, either. You know so if what? he goes out there, listen, gets hurt again, listen. then he's showing getting hurt three times this season. It's not a good look either. Just like Coach Elko, when I saw him, I watched his post-game presser. He said he said that uh, his quarterback wanted to go back into the game. He wanted to go back into the game. Riley wanted to go back in the game. He said, no, you're not going back into the game. He had to sit him down. That's what Norvell has to find out from his medical staff. Johnny Wilson wants to play. Johnny, you're not going to play in this game. Yeah. Period. That gives you two weeks now to get ready. Yeah. I, I, you know, if it's a concussion, like Adagi says, he'll have to sit out. I, I didn't see what the injury report was for him. I thought the upper body or, or a concussion. Regardless, I, either way, if it's concussion, he may have to sit out anyway. But I think he should sit out at least one game to get his body right. We're not going to know because no information injury. comes out. Okay. Either way, he was already coming off an injury. He got re-injured. There's no sense if you can avoid it from getting it up. Like you said, he may want to play. He may want to play. But he, it's no you. It's no reason to get him further injured and tell him you need to heal the right way for two weeks before we get in the meat of our schedule that's the, the coach's responsibility that's the coaching staff's responsibility to tell players when they can play when they can't that's their job that's their job all right shout out big shout out to uh i you know i've had problems and i didn't think he was going to see the field much and that is deuce span deuce span gave energy to this Florida State team when they needed it, okay? And I was really happy to see Deuce Span use the skill he has, which is speed. I didn't like when he slowed down here a little oh, bit. Oh, God, just stop. Okay. I'm an old-time player. I, I'm yeah, an old-time yeah. guy. I'm an old-time coach. That's he slowed down. Me. He still had 10 yards of distance on him. Listen, He's so fast. I'm not going to change for you, just like Dion says. I'm not going to change. Okay. Don't slow down. How many guys have we seen do something like that and they drop the ball too early? You've seen that. Just run into the end zone. He didn't switch arms. Like, how would the he switch okay. Well, he didn't switch arms. You should go to the other side. Why okay. would he have gone to the other side? Why are you attacking right me? Why are you attacking me tonight? Don't take out your personal stuff on me on this program, please. Shout out the Deuce Span. He had, it might be the career moment for him as far as we know. We don't know that. But now... People know there's a weapon Florida State has on special teams on this kickoff, you know, and anything short, anything short, Deucepan may be our guy now. He's our return. I didn't like Trey Benson back there ever. I thought that was a mistake, but it's good to see Deucepan really happy for him. Guess who got to break the rock? Bam. Yeah, he looked like he had a little trouble lifting that hammer. That hammer must be big. Bam, and he broke that. And good for him. What a moment. What a moment for that kid. You know, he's been through, he's been through a lot, but he keeps working. He keeps working and not whining. And I and and I, I, I like that a lot. I love the use of our tight ends in this game. Now we knew that might be a thing. We talked about that, how they were Notre Dame exploited them on that. But our tight ends were in there, and especially Mr. Bell. Mr. Bell had how many? He had eight, eight receptions. Yeah, for fifty-three yards. Yep. He had eight receptions. That's for him the big, the best days had for Florida State. Fifty-three yards. Uh, really, really good to uh, to see those tight ends, and I'd love to see more of that. Yeah, I'd love to see more of that. Uh, and Mike Norvell well, couldn't have been happier. He called, uh, you know, Jordan Travis. A champion's heart, a champion's heart. This kid deserves everything he's doing, and the team believes in him, and they fought back from the diversity. So uh, Coach Norvell is very happy with everything, and it was a Seminole Heritage game. That's why we have the turquoise jersey. Uh, it's a heritage game. The Seminole Tribe was honored again. It, you, you couldn't have a better situation with this university affiliated and embracing Seminole Tribe, the Seminole Tribe embracing the university. 
it's it's so so good to see that and uh and that's really what it's about for florida state university but norvell reminded everybody this team is going to continue to work hard and get better and finish finish each and every task and that starts with wake forest next week in winston-salem it's a noon noon game suck but that's what it's going to be uh, and I think that the one thing that Norvell has always talked about, and you know, is the mantra is, is you know, respond, respond, respond. And and I think the lowest moment of this game for Florida State came, you know, came with this play. And it's a play that, uh, you know, uh, Travis hasn't made a lot this season. Um, yeah, this was tough. This this was the play uh, where you're like, this you're this down thing, three to nothing. Then stuff yeah, to go off down. the rails. So yeah. you know, you, you know, you're down. You're already down. Your, your defense playing okay. Offense sort of hasn't found, but then he makes a horrendous play. Throws in the triple coverage. Try once again. Jordan Travis. He gets in trouble when he forces the ball. Right. He he's trying to make a play. He's trying to will the team to 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 do something, and that's when he gets himself in trouble. Sometimes you know he's a playmaker. We talked about it. he's a playmaker. Yeah, he threw it into almost triple coverage here. But. Yeah, you know, they're just waiting double for cover. It. Yeah, triple. And he gives that ball away right there, and and that at that point you're like, okay, this that's when the momentum kind of shifted there, and then right after that you have Deuce who responds, and and like you said, Deuce is a guy that it's not like he's catching, he's getting five, no. ten carry uh, catches a, a game. No. This is last year the guy Norvell and him were yelling at each other on the sidelines, mm-hmm. right? In a game that they were, it was a blowout, right? And so you're like, I didn't even know if Deuce was going to be here this year. And, and, but Norvell's gotten these players to buy into the fact that, you know, you respond, you're, you know, be ready for your moment. Right. Put back there. And you saw in the pregame with oh, him talking to Deuce and he's like, you know, be ready for, be ready for it. Put it, put it in your left arm, you know, just hit the, you know, he was prepping him for that moment. And he, he tells all these guys, no matter where you are in the depth chart, when you're, per- you're here for a purpose and, and Deuce took that, opportunity he ran with it and i'm so like you know, you know it, it, i'm you know, so you, excited because this was how i this was the lowest moment for me but seeing deuce do that respond in that moment and a guy that like i said i wasn't sure if he would be here this next year just due to everything last season uh it, i was so happy for him it so might be his awesome. career highlight you know just like who was the, the guy highlight it could turn was, the season who was the like, guy caught the ball for, against miami and it was the first down we end up winning the game who was that guy parchment andrew parchment parchment he had his career moment basically and yeah. that could be it. but for deuce fan now his big thing is don't get greedy if they tell you stand on the goal line if it goes over your head let it go or when to grab it and go and and so on but he, if he hits a seam, he's going to get a lot of yardage. And you know what? You can go to the next level being a kick returner. Okay, Desmond Howard, who was a good receiver, very good receiver at Michigan, he ended up just doing kicks in 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 uh, in the NFL. Basically, for some reason, he couldn't catch the damn ball there, whatever that reason was, and and was a Super Bowl MVP yeah. for doing that. So so going the rest of the way, there may be other opportunities for Deuce Span because. The kicking thing, these guys, some of them were being returned, and that's a dangerous, dangerous play. And Keon right? came close a lot of times last week, and, and you know, they got a lot of weapons back there, but I, I was just happy for yeah. him in the journey, like you said, he's been on. But look at the other guys that made plays. Look at Kaziah. He got a touchdown. Like, yes. they're utilizing yes. – like, you're starting to see, you know, them utilize all the weapons on this roster, and it's great to see. Like you said, the tight ends combined this weekend had 11 uh, total, total uh, catches. You know, you saw – uh, everyone from uh, you know Bell had probably his most involved game in a while since week one maybe uh, with those eight catches. You had Morlock with a big catch, uh, I believe, for a first down, and then uh, Marquison had a couple of you know he had that one kind of behind under the legs catch for a first down. So they're really getting those all tight at most a lot of time uh, uh, on some plays they had three of the tight ends in that on one drive, and some of it's for blocking reasons, but some of it's just because all three of them can make plays too, which is awesome to see. You know. Tight end used to be such a negative role on this team where, you know, they couldn't block and they couldn't catch. And now it's just totally flipped in that you can do so many with the tight ends. They're not just receiving tight ends. They can block. They can do a lot for you. It's just you really are starting to see fruition of recruiting all these weapons. And I think Mike Norvell starting to slowly realize how he can use his playbook with them. And 
you don't always have to get cutesy with the play calling. And, and, you know, the fourth down play calling was atrocious in my eyes. Like the fourth down play calling was just still bad. And Norvell kind of admitted that. He kind of um, admitted that. He, he, he's, he's making it very hard on his players sometimes on those fourth down play calls. But, you know, that second half play calling was great. The position he put those players in to make plays was awesome. The, the effort in terms of like on the one play where Jaheim is blocking for Travis to run into the end zone. And uh, it, it, there were some great plays. And the way they just dominated at the end of that game was, was what you, you know. The, the other shout out again, and I've ridden him as hard as anybody, and that is uh, Fitz, our, field, our kicker. Fitz had a, another great day. Five yeah. PATs, five and one field goal. Yeah, you know, he's it doing was 100% on everything. He's doing his job. What's kind of weird, though, the last two seasons is he hasn't put been put in, as you said, I want to comment on it, the moment. The moment. Every player kind of gets a moment. When does his moment come out there with two seconds left to win or lose a game yeah. or tie? You know, that moment hasn't come for him, but I feel it's coming maybe this season somewhere down the ramp. And that will be the moment he cements a legacy or doesn't in that regard. But when you said moment about Deuce Span, you know, and I know you hate this. I'm going to quote Dion. And Dion, after he lost that game, they were up, lost up 29 and got beat. He said, we are not built for the moment. So when you said the moment, Deuce Span now has been waiting his turn for the moment. He was built for the moment this past week. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. So I, I think the only question mark coming out of this game really is, is, you know, does, what is, what, what do we do with the running game? Because, you know, when you play it, you know, hate them or love them, but Miami it's does have a good, they have a great, a, a really good defensive line and Miami's going to give that offensive line some trouble, I think. Um, so it'll be an interesting matchup, but I, I, they have to find some consistency in this running game, whether it's, utilizing Jordan Travis's legs more to open up lanes or, or to make the defense have to respect his ability a little bit more. And that potentially opens up for the offensive line. I don't know, but like you said, most of the rushing yards this weekend did not come from Benson. Benson had a hard day because he's getting hit near nearer behind the line most times. Um, but, you know, and, and there's debate amongst Twitter, Florida state fans. Uh, they want to see more, you know, they want to see more Hill or they want to see more Toa Philly. Toa Philly, I think. I want to see year. more yards. I don't give a yeah, shit uh, who's yeah. carrying the football. I don't care I, I, I'd rather not see Jordan Travis being our leading uh, rusher. I don't think with the tools we have, that should be unnecessary or it starts to tell you something about your offensive line. Yeah. Okay. But to that point, so, I think Toa Philly's had a great year. He he makes plays with the, the ball in his hands. And I, you, like you, you keep saying that he looks bigger. He looks stronger. He is bigger. He and, and, he, and, he's, and he's very physical, a lot more physical than he's been in years past. So uh, once again, they have a lot of these weapons, but I, I think that they need to find a way to allow these backs to get at least one or two yards of separate or, you know, uh, find these holes that they don't get hit at the line of scrimmage and have to break tackles before they can get loose. Um, I think I I I, I, I think I think the next two games is going to tell us more about this offensive line because uh, they should be able to dominate these next two teams. That's what I'm saying. If, it's not going to tell us. It. It's not going to tell us anything if they dominate against Wake Forest. Well, and Pitt, well listen. It, no, listen. It will tell us something if we can't get 125, 150 yards against them. It's going to tell us something. It's certainly going to tell us something. My, yeah, but my, you did that against is, Duke and Syracuse. My, you no, did that against my, Virginia Tech and Syracuse. So you've shown my, it against, uh, you know, no, below no, average. No, but it's been inconsistent. You're playing two crappy teams That's in the I'm next saying. couple of weeks, and Except you should be able to get a, 175 yards easily against I know, these teams. but you've done that already. You've done it. You've dominated against crappy teams and run the ball against. Okay, you have not shown you, you can you run against good time. teams. You have not shown you can do it against good teams. So these next well, we just played the best team that we're going to probably face, exactly. according to everybody exactly. else. And then we'll start to see again the FSU fan base kind of start saying, "Well, we'll beat the shit out of Miami and Florida." Let's remind everybody: both these teams they may be struggling, but it is a state game. It's a big rivalry game, and they do have good athletes. So that's important to realize, okay? And and so if everybody believes they're shit teams, we should be able to roll through until the ACC game, you know, where we thought maybe we'd see North Carolina. Well, maybe we will, maybe we won't after they got beat by the University of Virginia over the weekend, which was unbelievable. 
So, or we may see Duke again. Who the hell knows? Yeah, I mean, you you very likely could see Riley Leonard again uh, in the ACC. If you, you might. Or if, you, if you went out, this ACC is up for grabs now. You're the only undefeated team. UNC shit the bed. And, and now it's open up for everybody right now. I mean, no, I, I still be right. I still think Benson's your number one guy. He's your still your bell. You go. I, I don't. I you don't hear. I don't hear anybody in these pressers with Norvell. Anybody saying like we do? I think the fans are a little bit. Well, what's going on with Benson? Why doesn't somebody ask that damn question? They don't ask questions that are very good. They're softball questions. He hits him out of the park. They keep going back to war chant guys, two of their guys, back and forth, the same questions. It, you don't learn anything like you're asking here. So what would be your question? If you had one question about the running game, what would be your question? I would say, are you concerned about the inconsistency in the rushing game that we've seen this season? All right. All right. Well, if anyone hears this and they have access to Is that going to piss somebody off? Is that going to piss Dorvell off? Oh, give me a break. Give me a break. (laughs) No, I'm tired of people not asking good professional questions. They always lead in. Well, now uh, here's like they'd say, "Uh, coach, uh, you've always talked about how you have to come back from adversity. Do you feel your team came back from (laughs) adversity tonight? They lead him right into an answer that he wants to give. It is the most boring shit i've ever heard i couldn't go to those meetings if they, they gave me a pass you know that kb you would get bored too you don't learn anything coach norvell is brilliant at providing a positive mindset not giving you a lot of information and praising everybody he finds ways to praise everybody and he does a great job with it don't take this as negative as don't i don't want to hear that from our fans what i'm saying is these questions we debate, ask these questions. People are afraid to because they can yank their credentials. Not yeah. the pros, though. They can't do it in the pros. They can't yank their credentials. All right. Um, and then uh, brings up, if we were to see Duke again, would Riley Leonard be fully recovered? Uh, that's a good question. But I, I think B. Riley's had a good point that if Leonard, if Leonard isn't healthy this week, they play Louisville. Who they, play Louisville. they lost. Uh, you know, they lost, but they're still a very talented and they're team. And they both have one loss. Yeah, so, so somebody's going to leave with a t- two exactly. losses. So then if either one of those teams, if Duke loses again, then they probably are not going to make the ACC. Well, KB, you said it. You said it in the pregame. You said, are they going to roll the dice? And they rolled the dice. And he got injured again. The question yeah. is, how bad? How bad is it? Because right. my whole thing was, do you put go all in for this you one did. game you and risk that. the rest of your season? Yeah. Because they still have to play Louisville and UNC, like like, like we just stated. And now you have got Louisville on the road. You have to go on the road to Louisville, and then two right. weeks a week later, two weeks later, you have to go to UNC for Duke. Because so, you have who's one loss? Louisville, Duke, it's, UNC. It's, that's yeah. it. Yeah, those three. Okay, and Clemson got beat by Miami. So, yeah, so you have Louisville, North Carolina, Duke, all in Virginia yeah. Tech, all with one loss. So that's the thing. Well, that that's the that's well, the thing. We'll, we'll take Tech, Virginia Tech. We'll we'll take them. I, it's that UNC loss kept put things up for grabs. Now, so North Carolina, you know, I don't know all the tiebreakers right now and who controls nah, the destiny, but it, it you know, with that loss, it really opens up the field and. I mean, hell, Boston College. I mean, if these te- if these three teams are going to lose, look at look at Wake Forest and Pittsburgh. I mean, this is those. I, I don't even want to call them trap games. We're, we're talking about a dominant Florida State team. Then you don't worry about. It. There's no game. You're focused. You go in. You kick ass, and you go home. And, and, and those that's teams, how it should be. And those teams. And, and I think we may look back, and we you know we talk about the BC game. I mean, that kid at BC can kind of play football because Solanos. That that guy's going to be. He's gonna be good at BC, and I think uh, Malzahn's gonna be kicking himself for letting that kid go out of UCF. I'm more concerned uh, so. about the Miami game and the Florida yeah. game. Those, those two games right there. Now we're gonna learn a lot more about Florida this weekend when they play in the biggest cocktail game in Jacksonville, Florida, against the University of Georgia, number one. Yeah. Florida has a chance to ruin a season, maybe, or knock them down. That is gonna be a very interesting game this weekend. You think the North Carolina loss was a fluke game or prep? I, I, it is honestly, a fluke. It was I, a fluke. I, I don't know. Well, I, I it, think it, it was, has to be it a, was fluke. a fluke. 
I don't, I don't know really? how you lose to one of the worst ga- teams in college football. Because you just play. You UVA is game. one of the worst teams in college football. You have a crap game. The worst. You have a crap game. You don't take them serious, and you you play like shit, and you lose. <laughs> I, I, I That's, honestly, you know, football is a brilliant game. You know why? There's not best of five. It's not best of seven. It's best of one on that particular day. But and that's and and that's always got to be the mindset for Florida. But, State. Hey, you know what? Maybe UNC lost because of referees. Let's flip that out to uh, what is that? Yeah. Uh, double barbecue and right. uh, okay. no, uh, no. But, but that's uh, no that's shrimp. the thing. Let's that Florida let's State put it out to him. UNC just lost the worst team in college football. It can happen any day. You gotta be focused. You have to it be could. focused on the team in front of you, not looking at Miami two weeks from now or three weeks from now. I mean, it, it, you, it, if Florida State goes in, the, let's say the next two games, Wake and Pittsburgh, if they just go in and focus on what they do, don't get fancy, play good football, you'll win the games. Yeah, no I going for it on fourth down on your own twenty. Like, no, just, their focus has to be. We got to win big, bigger. We got, we you have to win big that, if you go that, take That's why you can't you start slow. You can't start slow. You got to push out and you can't start playing your backups now at the beginning of the fourth quarter, even when uh, you have a point. Yes, you can. Uh, they did that against Syracuse. I don't know. We'll see. Tate Ronmaker is playing the fourth. Because you don't have any room now. You got your number four position, unless one of those teams loses who? UGA. Michigan and Ohio State, unless one of those loses. Now, Michigan and Ohio State, one of those guys is going to lose, right? Yeah. One of those is going to lose. If it if it's a close loss, they may not drop them too much. But Florida State has to keep winning and should win by as much as they can and just go out, as you say, and dominate. I, I haven't seen that dominant experience yet. Uh, <laughs> That's me. I, I don't know how many points you want Florida State to be, beat. Duke. I want them to beat teams by 20, 21 <laughs> points. All right. All right. Well, uh, Florida State. Well, what was it? The Syracuse win wasn't a dominant win when they beat him by, what, 39 points? I don't even remember that game. It's exactly. Because it was so it's dominant. Too long. It's too long. It was ago. two weeks ago. It was 41 to three. And then they beat Virginia Tech two weeks before that by 22 okay. points, 39 okay. to 17. All right. All right, guys. Well, <laughs> any, any final thoughts? Anything? I think I covered a lot. <laughs> anything that you uh, um, and we talked about this. How does it impact? You know, like you said, the hot right now I, they're I, in the driver's seat. They're in fourth. They I want to know if our viewers. I really would like to know if they want to shoot a comment real quick before we get off the air. Do you think the ACC refs are targeting Florida State? Why do you? Why are you so transparent? Deliberately, because it's. It's crap to put that out there oh, just to embrace it. some fans who do this. But you're that, you're that, you're hooked now. You see, not, you get I'm it. Not, they're hooking you no, onto I'm it. I'm here to educate, KB. I'm here to educate. This shit's been going on, you know, like it's all everybody's out to get Florida State. No, nobody's not out to get, and they even added this guy, uh, what is it, double barbecue, no shrimp, oh, the shrimp or some shit. <laughs> He even said, well, you know, that also, I think they're out to get Clemson and Miami, too. What? What the hell are you talking you about? Watch, you, you got you got. And, you know, stop. it's really funny. We say there's certain people out there who put things on Twitter. There's other people who put things on YouTube just to get the click views because they got to pay for their auto repairs. They got to pay for their mortgage. This guy even has an, another show out in Colorado for Coach Prime because there's a lot of views out there. You know, go, right. go for it. It's, I, hey, America's a great place. You can do whatever you need you're to entertaining do. entertaining me. But, or, but I want to know if our, if our other fans believe, if our true listeners believe that ACC refs are deliberately <laughs> targeting Florida State to change the result of games. The grand conspiracy theory. The only, do you have that play of that guy? What team was that? The guy looked like he had a concussion. You remember that play? Uh, what was, uh, what, was, what that? was that run play? I swear to God, I've never seen anything like that. Now, here's a guy. If he was trying to change the result of a game, this guy either had a concussion or he did the worst acting job ever. Do you have that? Uh, it, 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 it was the most bizarre I, I play. What, Forget what about that it. was for. Um, but I will describe it. I don't sure even remember the, I'm don't looking remember it up. the I'm teams. Looking it up. I don't even remember the teams. But they run an end run or swing pass. It's a swing pass. The, the oh, back, it's Oregon, Washington State. The back is running down the sideline, 
and three guys go to meet him. One guy looks like he doesn't even know where the ball is and gets plastered on defense. He just gets plastered. It looked like the guy had a concussion. He didn't even know where he was on the field. It was bizarre. I, uh, I think you got I, uh, that. Okay. KB's trying to bring it up here. Give us a minute here. But I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I mean, I looked at that two, three, four times. I feel bad for the guy because if they go into the film room and look at his performance, they're going to ask what the hell is going on. In fact, I would have him evaluated by the medical staff. It was bizarre. If you can, you get it or not? Don't worry yeah, about I, it. We'll bring it up. We'll bring it up later this week. We'll bring it up later this week. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, um, but besides that, we're going to have, uh, we're going to do our, what our uh, Wake Forest preview show Thursday? Thursday. Yeah, Thursday night. We'll go live with that. So oh, here, you I got, found it. I found it. You found it. So if you yeah. get comments on that, you can go ahead and, and, and target us for Thursday. Uh, when we play Wake Forest, uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of Seminoles going up there. You better get your tickets because that is a small stadium. But the Deacons actually have a – okay, here, describe this now. Here All we right. go. So, no, Oregon you describe it. You, th you, you think that – you think the refs would be <laughs> – No, I don't think the refs had anything to do with this shit. I think this one guy is like – I don't know what he's doing. Okay. He's going to be a So, oh, here, okay. comes, here comes the swing pass. Now, watch out here – Watch this group of defenders and blockers up here. This guy, number eight. Look at eight. <laughs> what is eight looking at? Run that back. Now, slow it down when we get to eight. Look at eight. That looks like, one, he's got a concussion. Two, he doesn't have any clue where the ball is. Or three, he's trying to throw the damn game. I, and then he gets, how <laughs> would you explain this? And he gets blasted. That I, looks like – you know what that I, looks like? They put Rudy into the game for Notre Dame. You know, no, that looks I, like Rudy. Rudy had no idea what he's, he's totally He is looking downfield. 10, 15 yards away from so the play. He thinks he's supposed to be covering somebody, I guess, and he never turns his head back. He lost total control of the ball. Look, hold it. Hold it right there. He is looking into the end zone now. He's looking down this way. He never looks back to where the ball is. And then this guy, this guy could have got him for a block in the back, maybe. <laughs> Look, block in the back. Does he get him in the back? No, I got no. him on the side. Bizarre. I've never seen a guy like that before. It was, it was a very, very, very okay. bizarre play. Anybody out there got an idea what the hell number eight was doing? Eight thought that his teammate was forced out of bounds, had the ball. He thought three made the tackle. Is that embarrassing on the tape when they review it? What the hell is going on? Yeah, you know his coach, they gave him shit after, you know, on Monday. Today, Look at this. <laughs> Look at this. This is the most bizarre. You talk about, oh, it's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it wasn't concussion. It was just a missed assignment, like like B. Riley said. He just that is, I just never see a crazy. player just stop in the middle of an offensive play like that. And I that. might say this too: Did anybody else have a final comment about ACC refs? Because if you really believe that they are targeting FSU, then maybe you should go over to uh, double, okay. God, double, please stop it. Double just shrimp. It. Double shrimp. Hold the lobster. <laughs> I think you're you're hooked on this topic now too because you can't stop talking about. <laughs> well, I think it's. I'm bizarre. done talking That's about the rest. I'm done talking about the rest. All right, all right. So we'll have our Wake Forest preview show on Thursday. So bring your questions and thoughts around that matchup. But like we all said, anything but a dominating performance uh, in that should be uh, would be disappointing because that is a this is not the Sam Hartman offense. Um, oh, thank God he's gone. Thank God, God he's gone. Past. Um, I think uh, their quarterback at Wake Forest, Mitch Griffiths, I don't know if he even played this past weekend, but, and I keep, I feel like I keep saying this every other game, but Mitch is from my hometown once again. Uh, he is? Quarterback, yeah, he's a, uh, he's a local guy. Well, um, we know he's not that good then. <laughs> not, not, uh, he, if anyone's listening, they know he went to Broad Run High School. So uh, he, he is the local kid. Right. Um, so, yeah, well, I'll look forward to that. Hopefully we don't beat him up too much on the field. And, now, uh, listen, the one game, thing but... <laughs> that Wake Forest really has 
but it's before the first quarter, and that is the entrance. That's pretty cool. And that Deacon rides yeah, in on that big chopper, Harley or whatever, the and they play what is it? The Sandman song. Enter the Sandman, or is that Virginia I like every, Tech? I, Virginia Tech does. It's both. Sandman. Don't they both do it? Yeah. If they do, that then pretty that, cool. that song is never played in the ACC at all. But I feel like multiple cool. teams do at this point. But well, yeah, it's pretty. Yep, cool. Well, you know what? Maybe the ref told them that everybody has to play it. I don't. know. Wakeby Pitt with their third string quarterback starter was still yeah that's what I thought. Um, oh and the backup God. looks like he's out, so they'll have their, potentially the third string, and that just shows you how bad Pitt is because like you I said, thought Pitt had a new quarterback. Somebody a source of mine, not really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Was saying they had a new in. starter when they beat uh, Louisville, and they said, "Oh, this guy's really good." That's the thing. The ACC is so bad. It, it, it's really bad. It's really bad. But and if any right. sources out there have any idea when we're leaving the ACC, please let us know. Yeah, what, ha- what happens to all that fire? So what all yeah, that let, shit? let us know when all <laughs> when the, all the smoke is coming about the ACC of uh, Florida State leaving. But all, all right. right, we'll like, let you go. We'll we'll break down whether it's Mitch or yeah, whoever Wake Forest quarterback is. We'll figure it out who's going to be starting for Wake Forest on uh, Saturday. We'll break that down Thursday. So please come on by, bring your questions, bring your thoughts. Uh, we uh, we appreciate y'all coming by as always. So leave a like, leave a comment. Hit the subscribe. We never asked for that. Okay. I'm going out the tunnel. Secret tunnel. All right. And he will be back in his home man cave, whatever he calls it, next time you see him. So thank you all again for your time, your questions, your comments. We'll see you soon. Have a great rest of your week. Have a great Monday. And see you soon.